Our God has been so wild lately. He doesn't seem to listen. He doesn't obey my commands, and we can't even bribe him with trees. He's gotten so out of hand, he may even have to be put down. God is not the problem here. The problem is the people who want to be the leader of the pack. We reintroduce God. We retrain people. You're listening to The God Whisperers. Welcome to the God Whispers. I'm Craig D'Onofrio. And I'm Bill Swirla. We're listening to music today. <laughs> oh, this is a great hymn. Christ has made the sure foundation. Uh, this is the um, the choir of, get this now, the choir of St. George's ca- uh, Chapel, Windsor Castle, with uh, Tim Byram Wigfield. Good old Tim. And John, this is a John Rutter uh, arrangement. Uh, it, it really doesn't get better than this. What, 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 let's, let's, let's bring that let's up and just, that. just kind of wallow in this. Those tenors always made me nervous at seminary. <laughs> it's the contra tenors that are scary. <laughs> That's not tenor. That's baritone. That's yeah, a, that's, a, that's in my there. range. I'm a barely tone myself. <laughs> we just sang this uh, this past Sunday for an entrance hymn. Oh, that's nice. What number is this? Do you know? Uh, I don't have my hymnal. It's in the 900s. Uh, beginning of service section. In typical Anglican fashion, you have to you have to just crank the last stanza with, oh, with, with the soprano descant. I mean, it'll just it'll just soar here. Not yet. No, we're waiting for it. <laughs> Here we go. Get ready to rock.
Welcome to the God Whispers. I'm Craig D'Onofrio. <laughs> I'm Bill Swirl. I think we said that. We, uh, but, 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 did but, we? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, we did. But, but, but we are so like transported. Three minutes ago. I, I don't remember what happened three <laughs> I'll, minutes I'll, ago. I'll, I'll tell you right now. If, if, if the singing in heaven is not at least that good, I, don't want, I, I want nothing to do with it. Is that your new favorite hymn? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it was, it was on my mind, so I had to play it. But it's, it's like an itch that I needed to have scratched. It just can't compare to this one though. <laughs> no, no, see, there's something wrong with that. In fact, juxtaposed. <laughs> Jesus is a friend of oh, mine. Oh, no, not, not that. Jesus is a friend of mine. <laughs> All right, that's enough of that. <laughs> the, 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 the Chris Lemker, Brian Yamami collaboration that should never be. The beautiful know? thing. Wow. It's a beautiful that, thing. That was, yeah. <laughs> Man. That that was just that was just rude to even bring. That. How could you do that? Well, we are you the God Whispers. We we were recently deemed disturbing yet compelling radio. <laughs> well, there's an example right there. Good gravy. Uh, you know I, that that hymn, not not what you just played. Right. The, the, that, that hymn makes me sorry. The, I'm alive. The good hymn. <laughs> I, in fact, I shouldn't call it a hymn. What was I thinking? That that song doesn't dignify. You don't know. It, it's like whatever touches that <laughs> that Jesus is a friend of mine becomes soiled at some point. <laughs> And, and you know, we've done it at, at the Orange County Fair right now. You can get deep fried butter. <laughs> yeah, Jesus is a friend of mine. Is like deep fried butter. You just kind of it's like, ooh, that's <laughs> that's bad. That just doesn't sound right. Yet for some reason, I want to try it. Right, that's, that's right. <laughs> you, you, you know, it's bad. It's bad for you. There's nothing good about it. But you're compelled nonetheless. Yeah, we're drawn to the flame like moths. You know, we're just it's like ooh. But uh, you know, when I when I listen to that hymn, not the one you just played, but, right. but I've got a what the heck is wrong with the Anglican Church? I mean, if it can crank out music like that, and and I'm telling, I'm going to go on record. There is nothing finer than English hymnody. They, uh, we were talking about this beforehand, and I'm a huge fan of King's College Choir, especially oh, their Christmas oh, music. Oh gosh, they, just, they make Christmas for me. I, huh? I remember. Uh, Advent one, actually, they have these these uh, these readings and, and and lessons for the first Sunday in Advent. Uh, they also have Christmas right, Eve too, yeah. but they have an Advent service, and so they pick up all the Advent hymnody and holy mackerel, it's just great. Yeah, there there was one Christmas about uh, oh back in the early nineties. Rick Ritchie was over, and uh, we we just put on that King's College and and we just vegged out on the sofa. It was just fantastic music. Oh, I know, so just glorious. He, transported to other places just it, amazing it, it makes you want to be british or something you know i mean i well I'm not, I'm maybe not, not. i nah. but uh, i mean my teeth aren't great but i mean compared <laughs> yeah you have, to, you have to have bad teeth <laughs> sorry angus Manuge, if you're out there listening you have, to, you have to have teeth like christopher <laughs> hitchens you know that's <laughs> <laughs> Who did I did I read correctly somewhere that Hitchens has cancer? No, but it's, I thought he was a that, cancer. That, so well, that'll, that'll put his atheism to a test. Yeah, I would sure imagine. Will, well, he's got a believing brother, so that should be an interesting dialogue at some point. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to. Hitchens is a smart guy, and and I really appreciate a lot of his writings and critiques. In fact, the the Christianity that he critiques. Needs to be critiqued. It's the same one that I do. So we have a lot in common. You know? I was like, I'm always telling my folks in Bible study, you know, the church's biggest enemy is the church. 
Well, I mean, I mean we that that can be that can be taken any number of ways. Yeah, but you, you're you're part of that. So if you're if so you're an, you are your own worst enemy in a, in a real sense. But I mean, if you're an unbeliever and you turn on the TV and that's what Christianity is is being represented to you, right? But you know. but I wouldn't call them the church though. They're 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 sort of the flotsam and jetsam that sort of tags along with the church. Yeah, but that's what the pulp. Pop culture sees is the Joel Osteens and all this other nonsense. Yeah, but I, I, see, I'm going to challenge this though because I think when you talk like that and and, and you, you you basically you do uh, to the word church what that Jesus is a friend of mine does to <laughs> does to anything. Um, it it, it kind of it's like it soils the word. The church is the bride of Christ, you know. And and I know too many people who have this notion that they they hate the church, right? And what they hate are the human institutions that glom on to the church. Right, but right. but but you you shouldn't say you hate the church because you're saying you hate the bride of Christ. No, you, I'm not. saying If you that. hate the bride, you hate the groom too. I didn't. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that when we refuse to engage what's going on in pulp pop Christianity and pulp Christianity, <laughs> yeah, well, a, that'd be a great that'd be a great movie. It's like pulp pulp fiction, pulp Christianity. <laughs> but uh, you know, when you refuse to engage that and to say what's right and what's wrong in the world today. As as so many are given to not do, um, you know, you're, you're kind of rolling over and not not calling a spade a spade, as it were. You know, well, yeah, yeah we can't be afraid to critique bad versions of Christianity right. or, yeah. or or misconceptions. But see, what I love about Hitchens is that he sets up this straw man. And 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 that's Christianity, and right. then and then he proceeds to just kind of kick it to pieces, knock it down, burn it. You know, he just has a ball with it. But, but what he doesn't realize is there's a whole bunch of us who go, yeah, that's right. We've been saying right. this all exactly. along. Yeah, you know? I mean, <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know how we got on. Oh, we bad teeth is what got us on bad. addictions. <laughs> <laughs> we we have to kind of I think you know I've been listening to some of our episodes, especially since I was trying to create the the solid gold edition. We we have to kind of chart our logic once in a while <laughs> there, i don't see there why is no there's no rhyme or reason you know what it is it's it's what the germans call stickwort um it's it's there's it's it's taking a word and using it as just a jumping off place to go somewhere else down some other rabbit trail so you know you go from bad teeth to atheism christopher hitchens straw man christianity uh, and then eventually you kind of wander back to the main path again which was of course Anglican hymnody. I don't see the problem. I mean, I I, think I that, love, that just follows logic. I'm going to go on record here. German hymnody <laughs> sucks. Okay, wow. I'm, you know, I, I can't. I do not like these hymns. I come am, on. There's uh, what about Ein Festeborg? Yeah. Okay. So name you name a couple of great exceptions, and 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 they are they're great. But I'll tell you another thing: is they sing better of Deutsch than they do in English. Yeah, I'm sure they do. I mean, it's it's like it's like jamming a size twelve foot into a size nine shoe. It just doesn't work. You got all kinds of. It's just painful. Yeah. But English hymnody, it was made for our language. Right. The tune was composed for for the the the, the meter of our language. Right. And it just soars. It is. It is. Say to to um, to him. English hymnody is to to uh, English as uh, say Gregorian chant is to uh, to Gregorians. Latin. Oh, and Gregorians. <laughs> Gregorians are made to chant like Gregorians. <laughs> are there any Gregorians around? I mean, I have no idea. There probably are. That's that's Gregory, by the way. Yeah, Saint Gregory the, the Great. The uh, the the last. What what who, who Luther called the last good bishop and the first pope. <laughs> go 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 work that but what is wrong how can how can a church produce such glorious hymnody 
and and have such insipid theology. So th- this what, is where we're going. What is there's, wrong here? There's that phrase "lex orende, lex credendi," right? Well, it's a kind of a shorthand for a, right. A, As a church a, prays, a saying by Prosper of Aquitaine. Thank you very much. <laughs> very nice. Uh, now he was as, trying to prove he was trying to prove that that the church was teaching nothing new in a particular doctrine because you could f- always find evidence for the ter- church's doctrine in its liturgy. So you know you, you look to the liturgy and you say, well, that's nothing new. For example, uh, you could get our doctrine of baptism from our baptismal rites. Okay. You know, or we might say as Lutherans, a doctrine and practice go together. So what you teach formally and how you practice are supposed to go together somehow. But it's understood <laughs> Tell as... Tell that to some of our guys today. <laughs> it's understood as how you worship is how you confess, right? How you pray is how you confess, basically. Yeah, that, exactly. And, and, and kind of vice versa. It's, it's, um, it's, it's kind of a two-way street. Okay. Um, that that uh, what, you, what you teach and what you believe and confess uh, comes into practice somehow, too. But it seems like that's going to come unhinged in the Anglican church. Right. You have these glorious hymns, and they still do them. People I know that go over to England, they, they all want to they all want to go to to matins or vespers at King's College yeah. or something. You've oh, got I'd to, love to. You've got to go to you know evening prayer or vespers at King's College, and and it's just this glorious experience, and and yet it it's, it seems like it's become kind of so, some sort of cultural experience, uh, and and is anybody listening to the words anymore? Is my question because they're they're confessing this faith. That, that I'm not sure is actually being practiced. I used to like what Rod Rosenblatt would say, is if you're in England or someplace and there's no Lutheran church available, go to the Anglican church, and when it comes time for the sermon, just put your iPod in your ears and listen to a, a Lutheran sermon, but you'll get the Word of God in the liturgy anyway, so at least you got that much going on. <laughs> I, 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 actually, I know somebody who actually does that. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> Uh, you I know, hope they're not listening to the God whispers because they that could, might that could hurt your soul right there. V- v- vice versa, um, <laughs> I'd have to say I'd have to ask the same about the Lutheran Church. Is is what is wrong with with our our liturgical sense? Uh, we have this great doctrine. Uh, we have we have a great lex credendi. In fact, it, it's it's almost overcooked. We have we have you know the ancient church was happy with a creed. We have an entire book, right? Um, and, uh, you know, the Anglicans do have their 39 articles, I suppose, which, you know, are promptly ignored, (laughs) but, uh, you know, we've got the book of Concord, you know, arguably one of the, one of the most comprehensive, uh, rules of believing creedal statements, confessional creedal statements there is. And, and yet somehow it seems we can't, we, we can't get on the same page when it comes to worship. Why is that? I, I don't, you know, my theory, my theory is that, that we, these things came unbuckled when we made our insistence that ceremonies everywhere don't have to be alike. And, and, uh, and you know, that's true. And then we, we got into this adiaphoristic controversy where, where people were trying to look like something they weren't. For we, those of you playing the home game... Adiaphora is something that's neither commanded nor condemned. Yeah, well, we have this. We we do have this principle that if it's if Scripture is silent, if it's neither commanded nor forbidden, then it is free, which means you're free to do it, right, or not to. 
<laughs> but but There's boy, that also <laughs> man, we, we 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 like to drive that freedom vehicle around all over the place, and so so there's there's kind of a it's an it's an attitude, it's a mindset that says I don't gotta, you know, I don't I don't I don't have to do it this way. Well, if you look at our hymnal, there's a diversity between the five or six services. It was five divine services in there, basically. Yeah, but look at it from outsiders' eyes. Not, not, not. Don't look at it with a magnifying glass. There's no basic difference between any of those services. Well, the Deutsche Mass in there, even al- that one allows quite a bit of latitude not that the really. others don't. Not really. I mean, it doesn't allow you to plug in any praise song you want. I mean, it, it, it basically has you plug in, as Luther had it, metrical paraphrases of the ordinaries of the liturgy. Right, yeah. So there's, there's, that's not there a lot is of, a standard there that seems to have been set. I mean, I, I, think it, I think Luther set a really unfortunate precedent with that. I mean, I rue the day the 1526 German Mass ever hit the presses. Wow. That's a, no, that was a bad move on Luther's part. And even then, if you read the commentary on it, uh, I don't have the book in front of me, but he's got this thing where he talks about, he describes something that almost looks like a Quaker service. You know, he says, you know, if you had like true believers all gathered together, they wouldn't need any liturgy at all and 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 I thought holy mackerel what's the man talking about I think it was a weak moment <laughs> well, well I, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm not feeling the Luther love today I'm, I'm telling I'm you right now I'm curious what he means by true believers well you know, he's that's... you know he's got this whole thing going there it, it was it was just a bad moment all right <laughs> Hey, uh, by the way, if you want to call and leave a message oh, yeah. on the Skype hotline. Introductory stuff. <laughs> area code 626-593. We're shuffling the deck. 7713-593-7713 in the beautiful 626 area code. Or Manly Durs, Manly Doctors 13. There we are. Not doctors, just Durs. If you have access to a computer and the internet, then you can, and, and if you don't, you don't even know about us anyway. Uh, but we're, point. we're at God. We're at www. I'm going to say that again because I, I like the exercise. www.godwhispers.org or .com. I forgot which is the actual one, but the other one we'll get to the actual one. So who cares? Okay. Email godwhispers at gmail.com. Uh, always appreciate the comments. And you're also free to comment on any episode uh, on the podcast site. We do get a lot of comments. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't often engage them. We also get about uh, oh, I would estimate mm, twenty-five to fifty uh, spam things for Viagra ads and stuff like that that I have to glean out once a day. You can it's thank, a beautiful thing. You can thank me for that now. But uh, <laughs> thank you, Bill. I, I prune. I prune the. Uh, I, I have to put up with the mailbox clogged full of uh, you know, <laughs> make her happy for life. Uh, <laughs> actually, they come out as kind of random strings of of keywords. Uh, these 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 uh, spam bot things. I, I don't know what they are, but they they pick up on podcasts. So they love the God whispers. I think we have more spam. Uh, listeners than we do actual <laughs> listeners. <laughs> We're also on Facebook and Twitter and just about any place else that we can plague people. So um, chime in. There you have it. Um, so we can talked I, about Can I hymnody? continue bagging on, on Lutheran hymnody By for all a means, while? knock you know? yourself out. You know, when the 41 hymnal came out... <laughs> They, you know, what did they do? They added a bunch of Presbyterian, Methodist, and Anglican hymns. Why? Because we don't have anything decent in English. And these, these English translations of German hymns, I'm sorry, but some of them just are really lacking. Uh, they, they are either very bad poetry, 
because you know you know how hard it is. Have you ever translated poetry from one language to another? Well, Greek poetry, or I mean, not Greek Hebrew, rather. Well, but Hebrew poetry is like different. Psalms. That's di- that's different, though. Who would know? I mean, and you, let's face it: if you do, you're you're making no attempt whatsoever to capture the 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 feel of Hebrew poetry. You can't in English; it won't work. Not so much. You know, it wouldn't make sense. Your words would be all out of order, and, yeah, and you have to pay attention. There's to no it. meter. There's no right. no rhyme. No nothing. Well, yeah. Well, everything in Hebrew rhymes because of endings. But you you have rhyming of meanings, so you have parallelism and and, and no. But I'm saying if you translated it in English, it wouldn't necessarily work like it does in the Hebrew. No. In fact, if you tell people that a passage of the New Testament is poetic, say like the Christ hymn of Philippians 2. You say, you know, this is actually in poetic form. They don't see it. They don't get it because right. there's no way you can, you, can, uh, you can recreate that in English. I would defy anybody to actually uh, uh, put the English thing down other than just basically to write it in, you know, to use centered text or something like that. Speaking of, since I'm having this massive ADD moment here, is 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 uh, I, I've been I've been mulling over Genesis one, you know, and everybody gets all hyper about Genesis one is not poetry; it's it's historic narrative. No, it's not. I mean, look look at the repetitive structure of that. It's not poetry the way the Psalms are poetry, or it's not poetry the way of uh, the prophets use poetry. But you know, tell me that's flat prose. With, with the constant cadence and repetition, there was evening, there was morning, a first day, a second day, or day one, and then a second day, a third day. This is, this is something else entirely. This, this is, I think this is unique. Yeah, you make a good point there. You know, it's unique the way the, the prologue of John is very unique. It, it, John is not really, the, that, that John one in the beginning was yeah. the word. That's, that's, not, that's not historic narrative. That's, that's, that's almost like devotion. Yeah, that that logos coming around yes. all the time. Yeah, 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 and and I bet you if you play with the Greek, you'll find some deep structure in there. And I was playing, I was playing with Genesis one, and and there's there's magnificent structure, like the like the um, the seventh day is repeated three times. Each other, each of the other days is just one. So you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven, seven. You know, so because it's it's the big fulfillment day, it's the Christ day, it's the eternal day. Seventh day has no evening or morning in it. So it never ends with evening or morning. And there's the other kicker. And I'm just going to kick this out and, and uh, you know, because I'm thinking about this. I don't think evening and morning specify a day. Uh-oh. I'm not saying... I No. Get, Uh-oh. Swirl is becoming a uh, theistic evolutionist. No, yeah. or, the, or the, the day-age theory. No, I actually think day means day as we experience it. No question about it. I, I, th- I think day means exactly what it says. It means a day. But, but you, aren't, I, you I, aren't convinced that it's a 24-hour period. Uh, no, it is as, uh, the day as we experience it, and it's a week as we experience it, because otherwise nothing else makes sense. Are you tying this up into Kairos? Oh, it's certainly Kairotic. Yeah, okay. no, I'm, I'm. See, I'm, I'm. There's all sorts of ways to go, but here's what I'm saying. I don't think that the the little phrase at the end, "there was evening, there was morning," proves that it's a 24 hour day, because because there was evening, there was morning. That's not a day. That's night, and so each of those days ends in night. So except ah uh, except the Sabbath, there is no evening and morning. See, in other words, and here's something even great. Think about this: there's no Monday or in, 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 there's no Sunday. There's no first day of the week after the seventh day. It just ends there. It just ends in eternal day. Hmm. So I think I think there's wild stuff going on here. 
you know. So even even like the creation of man in the six days repeated three times. So are you going to be cryptic or or make a statement as to what you actually believe a day and a night is? Not a day and a night. There's evening, there's morning. Well, evening and morning, right? It's night. It's like it's like the curtain went down, the curtain came up. The sun set, the sun rose, day one. So am I to infer that these are ages then? Nope. Or no, they're days. They're they're days as like like we experience it as a week. Like, oh, here's another interesting thought. Are you folks as confused as I am? Here, here's another interesting think about this. A day <laughs> does not have to be revealed. You you know it by its repetition. Okay? It's it's that cycle of of evening to evening or morning to morning, however you count it, okay? But but we experience a day in the natural order. But the week, think about it, the week, the seventh day in the week, there is no way to naturally know this. So what you're saying is that... It's revelatory. This, this Sabbath rest is an eternal rest. It is. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and what I'm saying is that Genesis 1 to 2-3... Is is it's like a summary of the whole Bible. It's the prologue to the first of all the prologue to the Torah certainly, but I think it's, it it, be, it is, it is it finally canonically the prologue to the entire Scriptures to which the answer is in the Revelation, where where you have this endless day in Christ. There's no sun, no moon. It's it's endless light, and the light is is the Lamb. He's the lamp of the city. I've heard this before. See, I'm, I'm I'm wound up anew about this. This is this, see, I'm finding deep structure in Genesis one. It's interesting. I'll tell you about it when we get to heaven, <laughs> if you're right or not. <laughs> now, see the the cool thing is that this has yeah, it has nothing to do with engaging evolution uh, per se. Evolution is just a dumb theory. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it, it's it's an ex, it's a naturalistic explanation for the for observables. Well, there really aren't, from what I understand, too many scientists that are still still Darwinian. Oh, or at least hardcore Darwinian, like so Darwin. When you say scientists, you have to define yourself there, like biologists. Ah, different kind of science. Well, it, it depends. What kind of biologist? Uh, microbiologist? Okay. Uh, I don't know. Here's, <laughs> I'm just making it up now. <laughs> here's, here's the thing. I mean, you know, and, and then you have to define what it means I, to be you know, a I've, I've had I've had physicists tell me this and, and uh, uh, physicists, some uh, biologists there's, also. There's say, real science. Yeah, and they say, well, you know, not even too many uh, in their community are still hardcore Darwinists. You know, they, they are, there are a lot of evolutionists still, but not, not in the the strict Darwin mode. Well, but but Darwin is Darwin. Really, I mean, if you read him, that that's not that's not evolutionary theory as as we have it today. That's that's just kind of like the 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 beginnings or the seeds of it. It's more of a philosophy right. than yeah. anything else. Um, yeah, there are a couple of problems. See, I think it depends what kind of science. Is it retroductive science? The science of something that's happened in the past, where you're collecting data and trying to figure out what happened like forensic sciences like that? Or is it empirical science, inductive science, like physics or chemistry or molecular biology, where you don't, you're not trying to answer a past question, you're trying to understand things in the present. So you do experiments, and you're, you're there before, during, and after the event. Right, you can't repeat it, so... If it's a non-repeatable event, then it's really not... Uh, it, it's certainly not subject to inductive science, empirical science, scientific method. Right, right. And, and see, that's the problem. So you look at the fossil record, and hey, okay, so you presume there never was a flood. 
You know, it's kind of funny. They, they, they think that Mars was once completely covered with water. How come the Earth can't be completely covered <laughs> with water? <laughs> and there's not much water to be found on Mars these yeah, days Yeah, right. Anymore. And it's like, what the hell happened to all the water? <laughs> it's, well, it's all in the middle now, I guess. Yeah, right. right? It got, somebody pulled the plug. I love it. So, hey, what's good for Mars is good for the Earth. I don't care. You know, and, and let's face it. If Oh, my. I hear, I hear brass. Let's face it, it if. Yeah, uh, if quick, <laughs> got, we're almost got, out of time. I got distracted. We'll be right back. <laughs> oh, she may be weary, and young girls they do get weary, wearing that same old shaggy dress. But when she gets weary, you won't regret it, no, no. Young girls, they never forget it. Welcome back to the God Whispers. I'm Craig Denofrio, <laughs> and I continue to be Bill Swirla. I love Otis Redding. This is the commitment version of Otis's "Try a Little Tenderness." Check this out. This is. <laughs> I love, you know, he gets so into it. It's almost like he starts speaking in tongues, you know, it's he, utterances that, he, he, you know, there it is. <laughs> yes. There's passion there. That's, you got to admire that. I'll I tell you, you know, two guys, two laptops and a soundboard and anything can happen. All sorts of shenanigans. <laughs> I've got to marvel at, you know, just things like iTunes and uh, Garage Band and, and, and stuff oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, it's phenomenal. What it's enabled uh, people to do. We, we were talking uh, before we got, before we started recording here about uh, uh, Reverend Jonathan Fisk. Uh, <laughs> oh, don't start the sound effects again. <laughs> um, you know, Jonathan Fisk with his, uh, his little 10-minute uh, video podcast. Green screen. He, he inspired me to buy a green screen. Green screen. I, I got a, uh, well, it's on its way. Amazon is sending it right now. What, what's what's his what's the name of his his uh, thing? It's it's Worldview something. I don't remember. He is good though. Uh, he, he is. He's he, great. He's snarky. He's edgy. Uh, good apologist. He he, uh, he he takes on stuff and and uh, analyzes it. Um, I got a little cheesed off at him a couple of weeks ago because he was. Uh, 
you know, he's basically criticizing preachers for the way they preach a text. And I, I don't, I, there's, there's no point in doing that. Just, just say what you think the text means. And I guess I missed that one. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. a, it's a young preacher's malady. I, I cut him slack for that. He's, he's, he's a young and <laughs> he's obviously got it all wired. And, uh, oh yeah. He's, he's yeah. When he, and he drinks a lot of coffee, he's got to drink a lot of yeah, coffee boy's for that. A little wound tight. But there. he is a genius on, on, uh, on movie editing. Uh, that 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 is really I've tried that and that is tedious work. To, it is uh, indeed to bring audio and video together, make your own video clips and interlace it with other stuff. He, it's it's really it's it's very good viewing. I subscribe to it and uh, and just watch. And he's got this great great sense of humor that goes with it. He too, does, so. and and I he's over animated. Oh yeah, which is which is really cool yeah. because he the makes videos look, that I do. I'm kind of bland. He he makes us look like a couple of old farts, which we are. At, at at some level, but I'm getting a green screen, You're, so I, I, will, green. I will get you. You just like toys. Screen. That's I all. Do, you just actually. think toys are awesome. Yeah, I actually, you know, the little snippets that I've been doing, we're we're talking about with a green screen, uh, doing snippets from various cathedrals around the world. Oh, so, <laughs> oh, so you, you don't just, actually have. You're to go going there. to appear at just, Westminster Cathedral. You just get a, a picture behind you. Sweet, you know? yeah, so it's, it's all good. I, I think, yeah, that, yeah that's that. Don't so, trust anything you see on YouTube. I'm I'm hoping to uh, soon be preaching from the Vatican or something like that <laughs> with <Maybe>. the popes <laughs> sitting <laughs> off in the corner. I, I need a miter. Maybe I'll just make one out of construction paper or something. <laughs> you know, uh, it was a couple of years ago. I, I did uh, just just kind of to see how it would work uh, for my Bible class. I, I did a, a series of PowerPoint. Um, things on the, the the various parts of the the catechism and uh i i think i'm going to i think i'm going to take those and and do some voice over on them and, and actually put them up uh, just so that they're they're self-contained like little quick time movies or something that you could actually watch and and put them and on youtube to. youtube's yeah. amazing yeah no, I, mean, so I was thinking of doing that so much ability to get things out these days with with no budget well, on our, our Higher Things website, higherthings.org, we, we've been wanting to put more uh, more content that's like that. So right. so if you did a, a presentation at a conference uh, to uh, either have a live recording of it, or I think even better, to have your slides and a work-through recording, a voiceover on the slides. Yeah, so that, that can be really good. Either people who missed it or people want to see it again or something. Because I've sent a, a bunch of kids the um, PDF of those slides. And that, but I, I think it'd be great to uh, to to do a quick time movie of that and just put it up. I heard just uh, yesterday, I think that YouTube is changing their policy from ten minute max to fifteen minute max. So I think that that frees up a lot more ability to do some kind of more in depth teaching. Yeah, but also frees up the ability to bore people to death. Well, so, uh, yeah, and also you, you, if you're chopping up movies, there's there are bigger segments. So that's there's always that nice. too. <laughs> I always wondered why why things came in in like twenty parts. Now I know it's ten minute, ten minute. Yeah, limit. ten minute, ten minute limit. If you were on early and you had the executive membership or something like that, you could put up an hour and a half. But, oh, and, and I guess those who had those accounts are still grandfathered into that. Ah, but for the explains. rest of us, it's been limited to ten minutes. <laughs> nice. And I've been preaching a series on the catechism. I've had to keep my sermons under ten minutes, which is actually a lot harder than writing a long sermon. Yeah, it is. You don't have you don't have the the uh, luxury of treading water, and uh, we're going off on weird tangents as I do very <laughs> not, often. Not that that happens with either of us. But. Never. No. <laughs> How, what's your normal? What's your your usual? Uh... Um, lately, I've gotten up to probably between twenty and twenty five minutes. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah. And I leave them wanting more. That's the important thing. You think? <laughs> Luther used to always what a what a what a delusion you're living with. I, L- Luther used to preach these two hour sermons, and and I think he thought that he was leaving them wanting more. But <laughs> then again, they didn't have any TV or or radio. I mean, that was or brunch. That was kind of you know what you do. They they, it, they didn't have brunch. No brunch, right? Right. There was there was no <laughs> croissant waiting for them. <laughs> do you want to do you want to distinguish a long gospel a little bit here? Let's let's. <laughs> we we need like uh, some sort of long gospel intro music. Like uh, tell you know, us about the long. That's gospel. a that's a great idea. <laughs> Wait, I'm going to put you on that assignment. Get us some some uh, some bump music for law and gospel. You know, we we need like Paul Schaefer. On, on on the David Letterman show, you know, he could turn anything into like a little jingle or something. Right? But, but yeah, that's that's what I'm talking about. I, I bet you, I bet you, if you do a, a big global search on iTunes, you'll find something that has law and gospel. I think I think I might have something handy right here. Or, or uh oh, are you ready for this? <laughs> a, a little bit of law and gospel. Man, this music. is happening real time. Right here. Here okay. we go. No, not. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the yeah. Law and Gospel Circus has come to town. That could and work. <laughs> Let's try it. Let's oh, that's oh, the wrong one. one. <laughs> Sorry. Jesus. <laughs> no, not that one. Do the instrumental one. That's what I thought I was you hitting. the Lemker one? I think this is I it. mean, this is the Lemker one. The ringtone. Right. I, I think this is... Here we go. Uh, Jesus is... Oh, no! <laughs> Where'd the Lemker one go? Jesus is... A... No? Oh, well. <laughs> I don't know where it went. That's really weird. <laughs> we'll look that up. That's not a bad idea, though. Just run it as bump music for <laughs> Walter's Long Gospel. Man. Wrong well, you know, it's the Do you know that, that counts, there's right? enough accumulated evidence to get us uh, removed from office at least five times over? Is that good or bad? Uh, my wife doesn't see a problem in it. <laughs> Keep up the good work, she says. It may be the best thing that could happen to us and the church. I'll be, I'll, I'll be managing that B&B before you know it. Uh, and I'll be working at In-N-Out Burger. Either, either that or running a dive shop in Belize somewhere. <laughs> they wouldn't hire me at In-N-Out Burger. I'd eat the profits. Yeah, right. <laughs> Take one look at you and say, no way you're working here. Here comes D'Onofrio with his quintuple, quintuple yeah, burger. Yeah, a six-by. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was informed by somebody behind the desk at In-N-Out that they they, they only go to, they, they won't do beyond a, a triple anymore. Really? Corporate policy. <laughs> I said, is, it, <laughs> is it kind of like bars being responsible if they send exactly. people out to drive <laughs> drunk? Is that Because I said, you know, I, I was reading on the website. For those of you who are not Californians, In-N-Out Burger is a great local chain. Run, you can run get a single some... burger or a double-double, but then they have a secret menu. Well, yeah, there's the secret That's internet menu. That's not on menu. the board, but the insiders know. Do you know what I just discovered? Yeah. And, and I'm actually getting a hankering for this, and we may have to make an In-N-Out Burger. Is there one around here? Uh, about uh, five minutes away. They will chop. They will chop um, hot uh, banana peppers into into the burger. They have banana peppers. They do. Uh, they, you can get them. Uh, they're they're hermetically sealed in tiny little plastic contain uh, with with three of them in there. And I mean, they're hotter than blazes. And and my heat index is pretty pretty good. As is mine. But you can. Uh, I'm salivating just thinking about this. And and uh, but I discovered that you can you can actually get them to chop. These hot chili peppers into the the burger itself, and and I had one once, and oh, that was good. That was really anyway. Enough in and out. We've got uh, nineteen minutes and fifty seconds left. Let's and roll. We're rolling. Yeah, we're yeah, we're out of here, man. Oh, I'm hungry now. 
Okay, thesis nineteen. Yeah, 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 I'm yeah. reading from the 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 the, the new CPH uh, Reader's Edition Law and Gospel: How to Read and Apply the Bible. A magnificent book. And I have the children's version. Yeah, God's knowing God's you yes. Do. Yeah, that's the, which that's, is the. Uh, it's cute. Condensed. It's adorable. Check it out. You are not rightly distinguishing law and gospel, and he's talking to you. You are not rightly. Thank you. You know, in 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 Walter was the passive. It's not rightly distinguished, but. When, when, I've been accused of not C- distinguishing the law. When, CP- <laughs> when CPH gets a hold of it, it's 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 just all guns are blazing here. You are not rightly distinguishing law and gospel, my Lutheran preacher. Uh, in the word of God, if you preach about certain sins as if they were not damnable but only venial. Mm. Ah, venial. Venial sins. Well, let's make that definition. What's a mortal and a venial sin? Ah, the old, the old uh, scholastic, um, the old scholastic distinction: a mortal sin is one that damns, and a venial sin is one that doesn't. So, I contend, as does Walther seem to contend here, all sin is mortal. There really isn't such thing as a venial sin. The, the, right. the all sin, the least little sin can damn you to hell forever. And, and let me add... And, and I, does damn you to hell forever. I, I agree, and Walther would agree, and, and that's the point of this thesis, that uh, all sin... This is a thesis to guard against minimizing sin because it doesn't have any, say, horizontal effects, okay? Like coveting. Who cares? Right, yeah. You, you can't... Uh, you, coveting doesn't really have a physical manifestation. Yeah, and I mean, it doesn't. It hurts nobody but you. Blah blah blah. Uh, you know, though I suppose one may argue that coveting leads to all sorts of other stuff. And James, I mean, James makes that point. Uh, that right. you know, it's kind of, and and Paul will point out that coveting is idolatry. So it becomes kind of the root and the source of all sin. Well, all sin is a first first commandment. But uh, let, let's issue. take let's take something like from the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus uh, explicating the commandment: do not kill. And and he says, uh, but but even an angry word against your brother, saying you fool or raka, uh, you know, makes you liable for the judgment of hell. Now that seems a little excessive, doesn't okay, it? It does, yeah. And see, Walter's point is, you know, that's precisely the point that before God, before men, we make distinctions. So there are felonies and misdemeanors, but but before God, there is no distinction that even the slightest transgression of the law is the transgression of the entire law and is therefore damnable. Yes. Apart from Christ. Yeah, one sin, you're guilty of all. One thought or one doing it in your heart, you're guilty of all. Right? So, yeah, and, and there's a tendency, I think, for us to say of of more trivial or habitual or day-to-day, what Walter calls Christian sins, you know, the, right. the uh, that it's like, oh, that's not a big deal. Okay, so what? So, you know... Now, you guys with internet access know what I'm talking about here. <laughs> it's going to go there. <laughs> and you ladies are denying it, but we all know. <laughs> Women don't don't generally look at porn. No. Uh, they're into erotica, but not porn. Yeah, but... It's the female mind. The, yeah, uh, it's, on, it's you know. the, the dime novels are porn. Let's face I mean, the ones that are all steamy and hot and, you know... I don't know about talking those. about throbbing, Tell me about this, throbbing parts and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to have to issue a homeschool or ah, alert here? 
we need to dredge up that homeschooler alert from from the Reed Lessing the Reed Lessing tapes. We do. Uh, I I lost it somewhere between hard drives. You know, but but you managed to I recover it. I have. Yeah. It. So we're um, gonna. I'm, th- thanks to Brian, I have an isolated uh, track of it. Share and, that with me, please. Yeah, I'll I'll uh, I'll <laughs> complete with that that honking horn sound and <laughs> and Dawn with the the urgency in her voice. Uh, <laughs> Reminding mothers to please scoop up your young children and it took take us them about, out of the room. It took us about 10 tries to get that one right, <laughs> but it was, it was good. Walther writes, this distinction is necessary to prove that certain sins do, in fact, oh, expel the Holy Spirit from the believer. Certain sins do. So this, this gets back to the thesis that came before. You know, where he talks about Christians not being ruled by sin or sinning intentionally. And he's talking about certain sins uh, expel the Holy Spirit. Once the Holy Spirit has been driven out, faith too is ejected. For no one can come to faith or keep it without the Holy Spirit. No argument there. Sins that expel the Holy Spirit and bring on spiritual death are called mortal sins. Now, the Roman Catholics have their seven mortal sins list, and I don't remember them. Oh, keep, the, let, the one that keep, condemns me the most is gluttony. But let, let me keep going here. This can happen quite easily. This can happen quite easily. If someone has been a Christian, as soon as he sins intentionally, he would know right away that the Holy Spirit has departed from him. Ooh. Huh? I don't know if what? I... Uh, He's no longer able to pray to God like a child. He cannot resist temptation firmly and bravely the way he used to do. He would notice I've become chained to sin. I'm now a slave to sin. Good for him. If he would not have had this least knowledge of his condition, he may, he may yet be brought back to God. Yet as long as this condition continues, he's not in fellowship with God. Wow. <laughs> the rabble is... The ra- <laughs> the rabble is 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 uh, venial sins. On the other hand, are sins that Christians can commit without losing the Holy Spirit. This is Walther's definition here. They are sins of weakness or rashness, or sometimes called the daily sins of Christians. Hmm. I think I I I didn't. Hmm. In my little gods and no gods, yes, I didn't see such things. So. Well, I'm I'm reading here from the official readers. Uh, here's a, here's the problem, and, and let me pose it as a question: Is is this the proper way of distinguishing mortal and venial sins? That is, there are sins that cause faith in the Holy Spirit to depart, and then there are sins that don't. There is a sin that causes faith in the Holy Spirit to depart, and that is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, and that would be uh, pretty much determining in your heart that Christ suffering, crucifixion, death, resurrection, and his entire life is of no effect and of no consequence, and pretty much demonstrating that all of this is just an act of the devil. And that, and another name for that would be? Unbelief? Yes! <laughs> that's a mortal sin. That's, yeah. You know, by definition. That's the un- mortal sin. Unbelief damns, absolutely. <laughs> yes. You know, it, it it seems that Walther here is ignoring our, our understanding on, of, of God's imputed righteousness to the believer. Duh. <laughs> I I feel bad that I have to take uh, Doctor Walther to school on this one. You think that he'd know a little better? Uh, you know this this really chafes me that you're what you're reading here because this harkens back to my past where you're a backslider and you have to come and give your heart to Jesus every week because 
you backslid this week and, and you, you know, you, you lost your faith and you got to come back and, and, uh, you know, come to the altar call all over again because you didn't do it right last time. See, you I, know, th- this leads to that kind of garbage. I thought at the outset that Walter was going to distinguish or is basically guarding against trivializing, uh, what appears to be trivial sin. Well, that's what I thought too. And, and yet, as you read the definition, his definition of mortal sin is a sin that chases out the Holy Spirit. And I'd like to know then what the, what category those are. I have this strong suspicion that it's it's from those sinless in Paul, like in First Corinthians six, where he names these things that uh, those who do these things will not inherit uh, the kingdom of God. Right. You know, and and uh, and, and the like that, that sort of thing. See, and and I think that's I think that's a misreading of these passages. I, I think these passages are designed basically to uh, cause anybody. First, to identify their own sin and to to be in utter terror of the judgment of God were it not for Christ. Right, to despair of themselves. And and yes, and to dissociate oneself from one's sin. So like you say, like Paul, this is no longer I who are who is doing these things, but sin that dwells in me. Right. So he dissociates himself from his sinful actions and he says, That's not me. You know, I am different. I'm a child of God. A child right. of God does not sin. The reason I sin is sin is still stuck in me. The sinner ha- or the the Christian has a couple of prayers up his sleeve. Lord, I do believe. Help my unbelief. <laughs> and, and, and forgive us. <laughs> and forgive us this day our daily. Sins. No, not forgive us this day. For, forgive us our trespasses. Yeah. Or I'm sorry. Forgive us our trespasses. What am I saying here? Daily bread, daily sins. Who I knows, need a huh? nap. I'm but, not even here. You know, this this is the thing. This this to me sounds exactly like the Roman doctrine of two categories of sins, the mortal sins, of which they're what, seven, ten, twelve, I don't know. Um, and and then the venial sins, the sins that don't harm faith and salvation, but you shouldn't do anyway. Right. You know, I, this this to me is is and I, I I'm I'm not a happy camper at the well, moment. Well, this leads people to say, hey, I'm doing okay. Or I'm not doing okay, depending on how deluded you are, right? Am I right or am I right? What right. are you reading over there? Well, you know, I'm looking at how he treats First John. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And he highlights from all sin. Indeed, the blood of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, must be, may, must be required to cancel the so-called venial sins as well. Otherwise, it would say from all mortal sins, from all serious sins, from all coarse sins. But if the blood of Christ is necessary to cleanse from venial sins, then those sins must in themselves be mortal sins. Now, there I agree. That's right. There, there is no such thing as a venial sin in itself. Right. A sin is venial, that is non-damning, because it's covered by the blood of Christ. A sin is mortal, that is damning, because it's, covered by the blood of, because it's not covered by the blood of Christ. Now, here's the question. Is Walter saying there are certain sins not covered by the blood of Christ? And I don't think he's saying that. He says every sin is something awful because it is lawlessness. It is rebellion against holy, omnipotent God, our supreme heavenly lawgiver. That's all true. Why the, does he do this? Why does he say, why does he leave this open that a mortal sin is, a, is mortal because of its intentionality? <laughs> uh, oh. Who does not sin intentionally on a regular basis? Well, I think you have to be careful how you say that. Um, but But... You know, I think it's safer to to go along the lines of Romans seven. I do not understand what I do. Right. That is, I I I want to do good. I I do, but but sin prevents me from doing the good that I would do. You know, it leaves me in the state of wretchedness. Oh, wretched man that I am. 
I'm, I'm convinced, and the Missouri Synod has taught me this, people can either do the thing that's good for them and right, or they can do something self-destructive. And people will almost always pick something self-destructive. <laughs> we, we are drawn to sin like moths to flame. Okay, this is better. This is what better. you got there. I mean, this is a, this is a very uneven chapter. Um, he says, A Christian grieves even over the smallest sins, but unbelievers imagine they can escape from their crimes. This is the slogan of the godless. An unconverted person thinks, well, I will just make up for it, and the whole thing will blow over. If you do not ask God for forgiveness, that situation will not blow over or will never blow over. But he's right. I mean, Christians have a sensitized conscience. They have, they have, they they are able to look at the law and see sin, as Paul says, to be utterly sinful. Which right. you know, the unbeliever kind of looks at it and says, "Man, dude, lighten up. It's not that bad." Right. Yeah. And, and we say, "Oh, yes, it, it's worse than you imagine." Well, that's you know, the average American seems to have the "I'm okay, you're okay" theology. Right, right. As long as I don't physically hurt someone or, or steal their stuff, right. Except I'm by okay. sec- except by secondhand smoke. Well, that's a mortal sin, <laughs> right? And, and being someone who or spent about four somebody, hours in the cigar lounge last night, or I feeding, my nose at or him. feeding somebody trans fats, I suppose. Right, and once again, I thumb my nose. <laughs> yeah, right. it's just kind of you're a living, you're a living nose thumbing of of these these yeah, pretty uh, much society in general. Yeah, uh, understandable. Uh, the seven deadly sins of the Roman Catholics. Lust. These would be the mortal sins now. Lust. Yeah, these are these are the do- the deadly mortal sins. Yes. Lust, gluttony, greed, laziness, wrath, envy, pride. Oh. I'm going to hell. Yeah, well, you're do- you're doomed. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's one of these that I don't I, like. I gotta. I get. <laughs> you know. Whereas, let's be clear. I mean, these and these are all mostly sins of the appetites or sins of the heart. They, they, these these have to do. These are interior sorts of sins mostly. Right. But yeah. You got to admire the fact that gluttony was once considered a mortal sin. <laughs> you know, I think it's one of our problems is that we've we've removed food from the moral stream entirely. You know, it's it's just everything's a disorder now. It's, it has nothing to do with morality. But, By the uh, way, lust, huh? Lust, lust, yeah. Hmm. Doesn't say adultery though. Uh, so I, adultery is not I'm a sure mortal adultery sin. Adultery would, uh, but lust is. Well, they have definitions here, and uh, this one comes from Matthew five twenty eight. But I tell you that anyone who looks on a, at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Right now, here is the question: Does Jesus therefore say that if you look at a woman lustfully, you are? Well, no, he would he would say you are you are damned in your sins. You're going to hell. Yeah, no, that's right. But <laughs> apart from but me, it, but it's missing it's missing the context though. He's he's talking to people who did not think they committed adultery. Right. Right. So once again, you know, we preach the law to those who are contrite, and the and I mean right. the gospel to those who are contrite. No, no we preach the law to the contrite, <laughs> and the gospel, and the to, gospel the to those who are secure. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's our problem. You right know, there. I, I wonder how the feminist theologians deal with this passage. They probably just go, "Yeah, uh, a man who who looks at a woman lustfully." Uh, has committed adultery in his heart, but, you know, women are virtuous. And so they, they ought to actually be insulted <laughs> by that for not being treated equally. Well, that's what I'm saying, is, yeah. that, is that they aren't getting equal treatment here, and they probably just simply say, yeah, men are pigs, so there, you know, and, and just kind of leave it there, <laughs> right? Yeah. I, Any I, of you feminist theologians out there that listen to us, because I know that 
there are just scads of women theologians listening to the God. Yeah, we have we have a, a huge we have a huge following. Uh, you know, out of out of Yale and Princeton it, seminaries. Yeah, yeah. The the <laughs> the lesbian uh, clergy oh, uh, are, are so have big into there. the God Whispers. See, now we're gonna have to issue a. A homeschooler alert. Comfortable shoes. That's all that I'm saying. <laughs> Comfortable shoes. It's just shameless here <laughs> at the God Whisperers. And any of you ladies who shop at SAS, I'm sorry. It's, this isn't directed at you. <laughs> I, Paula has foot problems, and she has to wear comfortable shoes Hey, that's shoes right. Lot, comfortable so. shoes. There's a lot to be said for that. And she ain't no lesbian. Uh, there you go. Getting back to this mortal venial thing, I think we need to be clear. Uh, I mean, John in 1 John speaks of, of a sin that one, one doesn't even pray for. Uh, but but there, there are sins, he said, there is a sin that is mortal. Jesus talks about blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, right? That will not be forgiven, right? But if you if you chart that through, what is it? It's it's basically resisting the very saving work that God is attempting to accomplish in you. It's it's unbelief. It's it's basically resisting all that God is attempting to give to you, or like a, like you know a professor of ours once said that uh, that uh, that God forces His forgiveness on no one. Yeah, and and so, but but. That's understanding it as a gift. Yeah, right? That, that, that's right. That's right. And and sometimes you you got in trouble for saying you know the the, the sin that can't be forgiven is a sin that won't be forgiven. But it, it 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 has nothing to do with the sin itself. And I think that's the key, is that apart from Christ, every sin, including the 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 least sideways glance or the least uh, act of covetousness, is mortal. It's damnable. Yeah. It's a right. symptom of a deep, de- and that's the thing. Sin is not simply a, a collection of bad of bad deeds and thoughts. Uh, sin is a symptom of a deep seated condition, and it's the condition that that has caused our death and damnation. Well, you, you can be saved by keeping the Ten Commandments if you could keep the Ten Commandments. That's the problem. That's no one right. can keep the Ten Commandments. But you know, <laughs> if you could keep the Ten Commandments, then you wouldn't need to be saved because you, there would be nothing to be saved. Exactly. From. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> So I mean to and well, let me finish. The, the, the problem is, from the moment that we're conceived, we're already in violation, so we're pretty well toast at that point. So it, in in Christ, <laughs> in Christ, all sins become venial because they are covered by the blood of Christ. They are they are covered by His imputed righteousness. Right. Um, they are sins, no matter how great, no matter how how horrible they are, are put as far away from us as the east is from the west. And 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 I don't think that you can. It, it's it's dangerous to create this category that there are certain sins that basically cause the the whole game to be called. Yes, correct. You know, and and I think there's a carryover from the thesis before about no no Christian is held captive to sin or no Christian sins intentionally or something like that. And you know it always goes back to David. Uh, the, this example of David, he commits adultery with Bathsheba. He uh, conspires to murder her husband to cover up the sin. Blah blah blah. And uh, the, the, the talk is that faith in the Holy Spirit has departed from David. I, I, I'm not utterly convinced of that. I, I don't see, I'm not I don't see, a, I don't see a passage that, that says so. In fact, as soon as David hears the law, he's contrite. You know, you are the man. And he says, well, I've sinned against the Lord. God sends the prophet to speak the truth to him. And David immediately is struck in the face with what he's done. You know, I and, think, he, and he goes into mourning over it. I think much. if he told Nathan, go to hell. Right. I, I might be kind of convinced at this point that, that David's David's kind of slipped uh you know and, and I don't deny that it can happen. That that's that's not the point. Is is certainly one can one can fall from this. Uh however I don't see the evidence that it's happened in David. 
In fact, David even wrote a psalm about the incident. And in Psalm 51... Oh, oh no. Uh-oh. Praise, psalm 51, quick. Praise, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. He doesn't say, bring it back because you took it away from me. That's right. I got to agree with We're you. We're out of time. It went fast. We'll uh, be back next week oh, on yeah. the God Whisperers. He taught me how to live my life as it should be. He taught me how to turn my cheek when people laugh at me. I've had friends before, and I can tell you that. He's one who will never leave you flat. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. I have a friend in Jesus. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. He taught me how to pray and how to save my soul. Me how to praise my God and still play rock and roll. The music may sound different, but the message is the same. It's just an instrument to praise His name. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. I have a friend in Jesus. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is a friend of mine. Ah.